Welcome to Greedwatch 2018. My name's Coriander Dickinson, and this is a Common Rider O's watch podcast, I guess. <laughs> Joining no, me is. is the sultry sounds of Josh Kagan. Hey, everyone. I'm Josh Kagan. And the extra sultry, Adam Wasserman. Hey, everybody. I'm Adam Wasserman. I will not talk oh, I- like this for the rest of the podcast. Oh, could you? <laughs> Come on. Don't hold that back. My voice is like soft, soft caramel in your ears. Mm. Ah, the chewing kind. <laughs> yeah, I'm done with that. No, I thought it was more like a Werther's. Oh, like Jeez. from a purse, like from buried in the deep, <laughs> deep recesses of a bag. Yes. Aged. Purse aged. One standing in line somewhere. With, uh, there was a grand, grandpa and his grandson in front of me, and the grandson asked for candy, and the grandpa was like, I don't have any candy. And I was like, I literally have so much candy on me right now. How does a grandpa not have candy? Adam, how much candy do you find yourself carrying on a day-to-day basis? I uh, used to be like a fair amount. Just, you know, you never know when you're going to need candy. Describe a fair amount of candy. <laughs> like, What's reasonable, Adam? Like, you know, a couple, uh, couple of packages of Pucho and maybe some hard candy. That seems like a reasonable. That, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Just for your day-to-day walking around candy? Yeah, basically. Listen, at work I had a Gudetama lunchbox that was literally full of different kinds of candy. That was very popular. How much candy do you have on you right now? On me right now? Yes. None, but I have a bag of Skittles with an arm's reach and like some cookies and stuff, some, some senbei, some, I, uh... some other candy. There's a lot in this room. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Are you the witch from Hansel and Gretel? Let's just clear that up right now. No, I just love candy. I don't want to eat. I don't want to eat children. They're not delicious and sweet like candy. All right. Good answer. Good answer. Corey, any candy on your end right now? Uh, within arm's reach. No, I am uh, an individual whose Halloween candy would expire. Like I would maybe gorge myself for one day after that magical night and uh, forget about it for the rest of the year. So do not give me candy. I will not eat it. Duly noted. This has been Candy Watch 2018. <laughs> yes. Um, just for the record, because I know our listening audience is uh, riveted by this, I do not have candy right now, but I am drinking a very nice chocolate stout, which is a sort of candy, a sort of drinkable adult candy. Oh, oh where it. from? Uh, I wish I could say, but it is, uh, it's top secret. No, uh, it's a very long story about why I don't remember what it is I'm drinking, but it has nothing to do with the fact that I've been drinking it. Uh, the bottle is in a machine that pours it out. And you can't read the label from there. Okay. I recently turned, not recently, last year I turned 45 years old and I was like, oh, I I need to start my midlife crisis. Uh, So I bought bought this thing, this Keurig machine that takes plastic two liter bottles of beer and is basically like a home tap because I was like, oh, I'm an old man. I need to spend my my money on something useless and bad for me. And I don't drive, so I'm not going to buy a convertible. And I don't look good in tight pants. So I didn't buy those, but I did buy myself a beer-o-matic. Fair. Yeah. Thank you, late-stage capitalism. Let's do this. All right. We got ice cream, or rather, desire, ice cream, and a present. Hmm. My my translation is greed, ice candy, present. I had ice candy as well, and I'm only calling popsicles ice candy from now on because that sounds awesome. 
So I'm going to assume, I cannot read the title as it is written in kanji, but yeah. I decided to watch the first time without subtitles in order to further increase my understanding of Japanese. And Yokubo is the term that I wrote, wrote down because they you know, did special emphasis and I had no idea what it means. And it's desire, appetite, lust, greed, that kind of thing. Yeah. So I'm assuming that's the word that's in the title. You know, for kids. I believe that is the word. I, I noted that greed was in kanji rather than in um, katakana. So they're not referring to like the greed as the monsters, but they're actually referring to greed as the... Do um, they use katakana for greed? Uh, I imagine if they were talking about the greed, they they would because they, they say it as greedo. Okay. Which is not the word in the title. So, yeah. Uh, Josh, I'm not sure if you're aware, but they tend to use a different alphabet for foreign words. Corey, I barely speak English. Um, yeah. am I, I, I'm going to assume I am the, uh, from context clues and also the uh, fascinating conversation last week about toes, uh, I am going to assume I'm the only person here who does not speak Japanese or at least can read it. Fair. Are you two both readers and speakers of Japanese? Like half-assedly? Like I've seen a lot of anime. Okay, yeah. that, that, that was what I figured. Yeah, I can read some hiragana, like individual characters I can read, but I can't read any of the more complicated, like Chinese script. And I, I took like two classes of Japanese in, in uh, university, so I should know more than I do, but I know enough to get myself in trouble. All right, let's get in some trouble. Let's anyway. do this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, that's that's very cool. I am uh, I'm beholden to just whatever subs I can find uh, online. So, uh, but please, anytime, uh, keep talking about what they're actually possibly saying because that's fascinating. So, uh, starts with uh, a brief summary of what happened last episode, where they say the three things that happened last time, which is in keeping with like the three motif that they use but i was also really surprised that they could choose only three things from the previous episodes and so much <laughs> stuff happened but they really boiled it down well i thought like oh, i yeah, watched it and i was like okay if i didn't see that first episode i would have a pretty clear idea what was going on sort of what three things did they show and what was the title of last episode because i'm wondering if the three things are the three things that were used in the title because oh. like underwear is definitely the middle three and i think monsters was the first one let me check this is not a direct copying of it, but basically the three things that I had are there are some monsters, a cute pantsless hobo meets an arm, and then he gets pants and superpowers. That's not yes. exactly how they put it, but that's basically what they said. The title for the first episode was Metal Underwear Mysterious Arm. So pretty close. Pretty close. Two out of three. Yeah. The episode starts. Um, Ankh takes the belt back from AG like immediately. Um, and AG is super not cool with Ankh stealing the dead detective's body. And Ankh is like, eh, he's seconds from death. It doesn't matter. And then the Canbirds from the end of the last episode show up and they steal all the medals that are lying around on the ground. And Ankh is really upset about it. I would also uh, like to add that when talking about why he decided to take Dead Detective's body, uh, he said, uh, and this is again in the sub, it might have read differently to you, uh, my form is disadvantageous. And I was like, yes, I could definitely see disadvantages to just being an arm. Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. Also, I guess the other detective, the bald older gentleman, can just fuck off and die. I guess we're just never go going to hear or see from him again because they certainly didn't mention him and we never saw him. I don't recall if he comes back or not. Unknowable. Yeah. 
unknowable. But like, there wasn't even a shot of him. Like, there was just like, oh, he just the happening happened to him, and he just got zizzed up to uh, the upside down or whatever. But he's gone, and we, yeah, oh, we don't have to care. Yeah, you would not know there were two detectives from watching this episode. It was. I felt like it was a slight retcon of last week because certainly not the last thing that happened was the arm taking over the detect. I felt like they filled in some more dialogue uh, between uh, Hino and uh, Detective slash Ankh. Yeah, they did a little, they extended that scene a little bit before the birds showed up. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the birds, uh, who I thought were murder hawks, but are just uh, coin collecting murder hawks, uh, they fly back uh, to the chairman's office in test kitchen uh, to bring him coins, coins, coins. And so he can monologue. Yes. He loves to monologue. He does a lot of talking. Delightful. He is my favorite. And I know that you two already know, like, all of the spoilers and stuff. But I'm really excited for him to be either God or the devil or possibly both. He does wear that red suit. Yes, he does. I really want him to be some kind of weird demon or some sort of like malevolent spirit i i feel like he's more than just some rich dude who likes coins and cake i think he's capitalism but i'm not sure <laughs> like it's a 1920s political cartoon and he's just wearing a sash that says <laughs> capitalism and he's standing next to an elephant that's like the working man um okay i buy that so he's just capitalism. Maybe. You're not going to tell me. That's fine. So, and uh, Satanaka is finishing off. It looks like she's polishing off the rest of the O's cake from last episode. Oh, and I assumed cracked... that was a new cake. No, that's, like, that's uh, totally new. day, new, new cake. No, I, I think this is no. all continuous because it's like the, still the same day. And she cracks the O-O-O white chocolate topper. Yeah. Like she cracks it dramatically like, oh, yeah, take that, triple O. What kind of mm-hmm. messes are you going to get into this time around? Opening credits. Yeah, you two have have keener yeah. eyes than I. First, uh, the chairman has to shout O's at the top of his lungs. <laughs> I believe he also reveals that he's got a stash of medals under his desk. Right. Yes. The, the coin birds are bringing coins back to his secret floor coin pile. Or medals. We should call it I, medals. My mistake. That's fine. Um. Uh, but uh, and he's just he's saving them up, saving them up for a rainy day. Credits, <laughs> credits, still rad. Anything goes. Fire up that heart. Count the medals. <laughs> Count the medals. Oh, did you two also get in yours that like weird trivia question? Like, how many medals does our, our guy have so far? Oh yes. yeah, yeah yeah. Four. Count it's, the medals. It's four, right? I think it's like five six. or six. Yeah. He's got two greens, yeah. two two reds, two yellows, yeah. or something I like that, so. or a yellow and a gray. Oh, yeah. maybe. I saw. I remember there being three in his belt, and then at one point in the fight, uh, arm is just like, "Here's a different green coin. Now you can do. Now you got big arm swords. Go get them, tiger." Um, but I didn't see those other ones. So oh, he's got a lot. Yeah, I don't think they've used the other ones in the show, but they were in the um, border of the screen when they when they ask the question uh, so it shows you which ones they they already yeah. have it'll also oh, show th- at the end of the episode when it does like yes. that enclosed frame it'll show you exactly how many he has great all right so six he's got six what do we what do we win anyways 
Uh, we win free ice cream. Yay, oh ice pops, ice candies, popsicles. <laughs> that your friend will have to pay for because you grabbed them out of the vendor's cart and just buggered off. Uh, that actor's really good. He's so good. In addition to having fantastic hair and there are this week's hair watches, there's also like a weird braid in it. And yeah. it's just, it's really thumbs up for that that dude's hair um he does a very good job of occupying a body that he feels like he's a stranger in that's a good them some good acting especially for a kid's show mm-hmm. and i just like the way that he just he doesn't know what money is he doesn't or he doesn't give a shit he was just like i need yeah. three popsicles bye sucker so ag comments on him enjoying the ice cream at all and Ankh is like well what if i ate it like this and he starts shoving yeah. them into his hand mouth that doesn't exist super yes. creepy there's the best sound effect for that too. It's like, like whenever like whenever he eats like, something with his hand, it's like this just yeah, it's this great yeah. noise. And then is it before or after he eats with his hand that he know is like get off of my friend the detective who I've known since this morning and like rips the hand off and then immediately the detective goes all weekend at Bernie's, which yeah, again like immediately. Is a nice- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I'm dead. Like he grab yeah he grabs him at, like to stop him from eating. With his hand, so to speak. Oh, right. And he pulls. And the best thing is that when he's holding Ankh and it's clearly not being like blue screened out, like like the hand is so motionless. But whenever like there's obviously somebody puppeting in who's been who's been digitally erased from the uh, from the scene. It's so uh, like it's just got this posture of actual like life to it. And it's just right. I'm really amused by watching the actor who plays AG like having to act with a hand that he's just holding. It's yep, pretty funny. hand prop, voiced yeah. hand prop. And when he tries to shove it back onto to detective's hand, and he's obviously not succeeding, and they just cut away. Yeah, that's amazing. They cut away, and then they cut to the next scene, and it's like, I'm, it's okay, it worked. Uh, but it was really. I wanted him to like try and get tape or something to try and get it back on there. Um, and, uh, and then, uh, Ankh explains the difference between the cell metals and the core metals. Yeah. Uh, the cell metals are the popsicle and the core metals are the stick. And again, a, a nice little bit of, it's just a really clever, thoughtful show in places. And then there are also giant CGI bugs and stuff and a guy who only eats cake. But I keep, as someone who only watched garbage American children's television, it's just it's really nice to see like, oh, that's a that's a really nice analogy. That's a really nice scene of character building. Are the other common writers? I know you said you watched a season that was kind of garbage, but are the other common writers have these weird moments of thoughtfulness and like solid acting and things? It depends. Not necessarily consistently, but the better the better ones absolutely do. So the good ones are good. Yeah. Yeah. Like this yeah. is one of the the best ones like i would if i was if i was making like a top five it would easily be in the top five there's some good acting and good writing in this episode i thought overall the effects work and the cg work was generally kind of a big step down from last week i kind of feel like maybe uh they really worked super hard to make the pilot look great and then in this one they were like "Eh, don't get used to it looking like good don't worry. It's that's not going to happen again. We're we're firmly back in garbage town now. That is fairly typical of any common writer series like the first uh few episodes they usually they usually have spent more money on and then they 
they sort of tone things down a bit. So like, don't expect a lot of big CGI bug monsters throughout the whole show either. I'm good. That did that. <laughs> that looked fico mistako. Even I, you know, and it's not like I'm going into this with like, oh, this is going to look like Force Awakens or that level of CG. But boy, oh boy, this just. And what year? This is 2010, 2011, or when is this from? Ten, yeah. My experience with with the with the common writer shows is that I started watching um, from the beginning of what's called the Heisei era, where like the it was shot shot on video very badly. It looked really uh, it looked really bad. the The special effects were very janky. So seeing the progress, like comparatively, this looks okay to me. Yeah, makes sense. It's not it's not Jurassic Park level, but it's a lot it's a lot better than you know what what you had like 10 years earlier. So I'm, I look at it on a sort of a continuum, but yeah, just going into yeah. a cold, it, it's not the best. The small scale stuff is great. I think, especially, you know, with the metric of children's TV, when giant bug comes out later, that was just like, Oh yeah, that looks like they just took it out of a box of cereal or something. Uh, but uh so we get uh, we learn about the core metals and the metal metals, and uh, a lot of popsicles are shoved in men's mouths. And then Bebop and Rocksteady are back. The thieves. We go to the thieves who are at the thief yes. hospital. And the one that, that, that wears a hat has kind of learned his lesson. He's just like, we got punished for breaking into that place. And other guys are like, whoa, no, we need more money. I've got a map to where this armored truck is going. Let's get all the money. Even though because we can barely move. They can barely move. I don't think they should be out of their beds, you two. Like, it seemed like they were they were so... It, everything was broken, and they were wrapped head to toe in bandages, and it didn't seem like that would be a hot idea. Also, they're very bad at crime. Like, I don't... Oh, yeah. I, I don't know if they should continue criming, but I guess they were not... I guess it didn't occur to anybody when they were taken away, like, oh, these guys are criminals. No, they're the security guards. Oh, well, they, nobody knew. Yeah. Yeah. To be fair, they did not successfully steal anything. Um, yeah, I guess. Uh, all right. You're free to go. <laughs> I guess. Uh, I mean, they were to, injured. To be fair, they hadn't actually stolen anything. Nobody, nobody accused them of anything. That's true. Yes. Uh, it's the uh, the no harm, no foul uh, rule of law, if I'm not mistaken. Your Honor, I did. I tried to murder this person, but I did not successfully murder that person. Oh, our mistake. You're free to go. Yeah, they attempted had all the intent, murder. but no carry through. Yeah. What even is Just- that? Do they give you a Nobel Prize <laughs> for attempted physics? The quote sideshow bomb. <laughs> To be fair, they were also security guards who were supposed to be there. So there was not really any reason for anyone to suspect them of anything, given that they hadn't accomplished anything. I thought they were in disguise as security guards. I did not know because there was such a there was a shot. The very I don't know why I remember this, but there was an opening shot and they seemed to be wearing unhemmed pants. And I was like, Um, oh, they got these they got these costumes cheap. Uh, I've watched far too much Project Runway, apparently. Anyways, Bebop and Rocksteady are like, hey, this is going to be great. We're going to rob an armored car because if there's one thing we're great at, uh, it's crime. And then a yummy or no, one of the greeds, one of the greeds pops up. Yeah. Apparently his name is Uva. Yes. Yes. Okay. He's the green one. And uh, sticks a coin in his head and a yummy pops out of his tummy. And now we got another yummy to deal with. And uh, I assume I did not see this, but I guess they must have stolen uh, Bebop and Rocksteady's map of how to rob an armored car. 
Well, because Vinyomi the probably next... just knew because it was because it was formed from him. Would be my guess. Yes. Yeah, the Yomi carry the like intent and some of the memories of the people. Yeah. Oh, the other thing I liked was that when Uva formed up, he formed he formed up out of all these metals, and they were mostly cell metals, but you could see his core metals that he had like in in the middle as well. And it did this kind of cool camera rotation move, like so it sort of looked like just a random agglomeration, then when it moved around, it sort of looked humanoid, and then it turned into him, and it was it was pretty sweet. That was cool. I appreciate the effort. But yes, then they then they go to cut to Greed Forest, where all the greeds are hanging out, and they have draped their favorite color fabric over the trees so that they feel more at home. I love that they have a color story. Yeah. Uva's spending a lot of metals just all willy-nilly. And they say like that cell metals are like precious, and I'm like, there seem to be an awful lot of them just kicking around, though. Yeah. They justify it based on Ankh apparently having one of or several of Uva's green metals. And so they're yeah. like, well, he's got to get his core metals back from Ankh. So the cool thing, um, which I probably didn't notice when I, when I first watched these episodes, but became apparent like as I was watching them, is if you look at the Greed's costumes, they've got like... They're, they're sort of divided into three like O's is, and they will have... Because they're incomplete... They'll have like a couple like their head or their their legs that look like a full costume. And then they'll have like a sort of a blank spot that looks kind of like a yummy that's like sort of brown bandages uh, to show that they're not in their full forms. And it's really cool. And it's a different spot on each of them. And it's really nicely done and kind of subtle. And it's based on what metals O's has versus them. Or or whoever has because O's doesn't have like all of them, but whatever ones they've lost. Yeah. Does Ankh have the rest of these core? Is he holding all of the cards? Does he have all of the core medals or have some of them also been scattered to the four winds and they have to find them? Ankh doesn't have all of them, right? Ankh has the ones that were shown at the intro and as part of the outro. Yeah. Oh, I see. Yes. So, and then the greed have some of their own and then some of them are just currently unknown location. Yes. And the greed are mad about it and they punch trees. Yes. He punched the shit out of that tree. I was very, it was very impressive. And then we cut to Hina going to a job interview at a place called Couscousier. And she texts her brother about it. And AG has dead text phone. So he sees it and he feels bad. And then he sees her picture. He's like, holy shit, that's that girl from before. And then we get to see how super strong she was in the memory. (laughs) Yes. And then we get to see how strong she is in the present. She's strong. She's a power She's a type. She's a power type. Yes. Which which I get is that hey, those of those of you who is everybody but me who can actually who can actually read Japanese. Did that basically translate into power type or was that like were they tra- was that just a bad translation on the subs part? Uh, she said power type. Oh, okay. Like power type. Mhm. So the lady who runs the restaurant has has decided that she that she needs a power type and so she is attached a lot of very heavy things to the door. This was insane. But Hina's really strong, so she opens it anyway. And then the lady's like, yes, okay, I wanted a power type. Hina's like, ugh, damn it. Corey and Adam, and when you do end up employing a power type, what's the first thing that you do? Oh, you dress them up. You dress them up like a pirate. You dress yeah. them like a pirate. That's exactly what happens first and foremost at your couscouserie. Uh, <laughs> you, when I think couscous... I think pirates. So Hina is dressed up like a pirate 
and then has to carry a gigantic milk jug because well, the other lady applies her mustache. Yes. Yep. She also has a parrot. It's delightful. Are we going to, I know that you two aren't going to give me any spoilers, but is this going to factor in a lot coming up over the next 400,000 whatever episodes that like. I'm just going to say they put a lot of work into that set and this is some character introduction going on. All right. I'm also going to say that traditionally across Kamen Rider and Sentai, there are a lot of restaurants that people end up hanging out at when they're not doing superhero stuff. Oh, yeah. I, well, that makes sense. That feels like kind of a staple of young person and teen programming in general. There will always be a peach pit of some sort, uh, a The Max or whatever for, for our heroes to hang out at. Are they are now in these shows? Are they all generally pirate themed? Uh, no, no. OK. Although a lot of them are pseudo French. Yep. Huh. Yep. Or European hmm. influenced, at least. Yeah. Back in the back in the day, they used to hang out in like their their headquarters or something. But now now they hang out at restaurants. Sure. Well, with rent sometimes the, way the they secret are. base is buried under the restaurant. Let's yes. be fair. Yes. Also true. <laughs> Let's be fair. Um, and then she uh, and then she carries a milk can around, and uh, she's a pirate. But then she gets a call and finds out her brother, the detective is missing. And dun, she dun, looks dun. very sad. She looks very sad. Then we throw to the yummy who is knocking over the armored car that Bebop and Rocksteady were never going to rob. Yeah. Uh, and Well, they might have tried. They were they they I feel like they would have like tied their sh- their like shoelaces <laughs> together or something and just fallen over or like another building would have fallen on them or they would have just wandered into another sentai show or something. Like they were shoelaces they gonna- implies that their legs weren't broken. <laughs> Oh, good yeah. point. <laughs> I, you know, I I respect their positive mental outlook. Where even though they seem to be covered head to toe in plaster and bandages, they were like, maybe we should still crime. This will be great. But they don't have to because the yummy's taking care of it. Knocks over an armored car, smashes it to bits again. Uh, nobody's surviving these accidents, which I think is great for children's programming. Uh, and then yum 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 yum, just eats a bunch of money. With his chest, yeah. big chest mouth. Well, mm-hmm. How mm-hmm. do you how do you eat money? I mean, that's that's where it goes. It goes in your chest mouth. I guess I spend all my time eating candy. <laughs> um, and then and then Ankh is like, we cut to Ankh, and Ankh is like, I I smell money eating. I smell a yummy. There's there's yummy crimes happening. Let's go. My metal sense is tingling. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh. Yummy breaks into a bank and then just starts just starts chawing down on a big pile of gold. Yep. Which again is just that's just uh, great. But does a great job of leaping from countertop to countertop, scaring the employees. Mm-hmm. So delightful. I felt everybody was more properly scared this week. People mm-hmm. were like freaking out and falling over and like this is this is insane. I thought last week, and I, I understand people might have gone into shock or something, but this week people were like properly freaked out that a gray uh, you know spandex suited monster is like jumping around and eating money I approve (laughs) Um, and 
And then uh, Hino and Ankh show up and Hino's like, it's it's ancient time. Let's let's do it. Ninety percent of this episode is Hino going, Can I transform now? And Ankh going, Yeah, let's hang on. Yeah. Because like as the yummy absorbs money or fulfills its desire, it generates more cell metals. So Ankh's yes. just like, Hey, let's just let it eat whatever it wants and then kill it. Well, when it's in proto yummy form, like just the the mummy style, apparently if you just feed it, you get nothing. So you have to wait until it transforms again, right? Yeah, and then keep getting bigger. The bigger it is, the bigger it grows, the more metals it's worth. And so, uh, and Hino is very rightfully like, but what if we just got it now? No, 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 no. Uh, I would even go as far as to say that the Ankh is uh, Ankh is being a little greedy. And I wish there was somebody <laughs> I wish there was somebody in this big crazy city who could give me a monologue about the nature of greed. Oh man, are Did you, you have any luck? thoughts? Yay! I won. He's Kagami, stirring up some icing. Choose on all the scenery. He's amazing. I love him so much. I I want him and Chairman Kaga from Iron Chef to work together. Oh, man. That would be delightful. <laughs> and just have a chairman uh, off. Or they could just like travel through the countryside like uh, the trip. It could be <laughs> called Let Them Eat Cake. Oh, yeah. Incred- oh, we got to pitch this. We got to pitch this tomorrow. We also finally uh, find out uh, what uh, biker guy, the, the last Kogami Corp employee, uh, his name is Goto. <laughs> yep. Uh, and then Kogami, while he's monologuing, um, uses icing on uh, his on a perfectly normal table and draws an infinity symbol, which looks a lot better in the close-ups than it does in the long shots when he's actually drawing it. Yeah, it's a little it's a little thin in spots when he's drawing it the first time. And the but, way but he his, transitions his vigor, it to uh, the O's, the triple O, it's yes. just like, oh, this infinity symbol is also very similar to three O's. Yep. I, but I, I it's just It's more love than the infinity. I- yeah, ex- that's the incredible part. That's like MC Escher is rolling over in his grave with the idea is like, this is infinity, but you add one more O and it's even more than it. it's infinity and beyond. It's what Buzz Lightyear has been talking about all these years. <laughs> um, oh, and also we find out that he's been invited to a big high rise party. Yes. Yes, indeed. Uh, and then we go back to the bank where the yummy turns into a weird hand slash bug monster, which I described as a fractal face hugger. Uh. So I describe it as a bunch of scala hands that have fused together into a spider. Yeah. Uh, and I, and I don't have a great description cause I was looking at it through my fingers because even though it was very poorly animated, I hate insects with the red hot passion of a million burning suns. They, they just squick me out. I would happily live 20 years less if I never had to see a well, bug again. Well, it's fantastic that one of the villains is bug themed. Uh, but they're not that buggy. There's still a guy walking around in a suit. But they're yeah. Not, but he makes had, these like, hand spiders. I mean, this this individual <laughs> hand spider. I don't think there's any future hand spiders of this type. No. But uh, there's other bugs. And Hino wants to kill it. Hino's just like, hey, you know, it would be a great idea. What if I transformed and killed this monster? And Ankh is like, hang on. He doesn't you talk have, like that. <laughs> you have skipped. Possibly Uh the most important plot point of this episode, which is uh, that they cut to the party that Kogami was invited to, and he has sent them a cake. 
a triple layer was, cake. It's white so, icing with like fresh fruit on top, like cherries, berries, and yes. Cake, cake number watch. three for cake watch. Cake watch. This is so, been cake watch. I'm going to keep track. Cake number three. Uh, it's a very nice party and it's a very nice cake. It is. Uh, it's too bad. <laughs> too bad about that. <laughs> it seems like a waste of cake, quite frankly, but it seems like uh, Kogami just likes to make cakes and doesn't really care about where they end up. Satanaka could have chowed down on that sucker. Yeah. Um, but he's process oriented and I respect that. Mm. Um, and, then the, and then the bug shows up. And and again, I it just keeps happening a million more times. How about now? How about Henshin now? No, no, no. <laughs> Hang on, let it get even bigger. Um. Meanwhile, the bug like eats halfway through the supports on one building, so it actually falls against the next building next to it, which is the high rise where they're having the party. Yep. Um. And uh. And I just have in my notes death, just wholesale death. Like nobody's surviving this. Unless everybody in that one building was having like a day off or there was like a fire alarm 10 minutes ago or something. It's just a bunch of very satisfying. And that one building falls into the other building domino style. Great. But it's just uh, like the museum. uh, It's just a lot of it's just a lot of a lot of uh, civilian casualties. And honestly, I'm here for it. My my notes say the cake falls to the floor. Sad. Oh, my notes have- say war scenes as AG has a flashback due to a, the, the crying sounds of a girl. Oh, yeah. That is yeah slightly that's- later. Because, because there- first the phone rings and it's Hina and he can tell that oh, she's right. crying. Then he yes. flashes back. Uh-huh. To um, a young, to a small child in a possibly third world country getting blown the hell up. Well, he can do nothing to prevent it. Uh, when I when I initially looked at the uh, Wikipedia page just to get an idea of what the hell I was getting into, uh, it did mention that Hino had a tragic past, which I assume this uh, this is I what we were no seeing, longer... and that I, that's got that can't be his daughter. I assume that's got to be his sister, and she was uh, she was blown the hell up. So of course he had to become a hobo who walked the earth with just underpants and coins. Yep. All right. Well, and he we runs. Will, in, he runs. We will into, find out. And he runs into the building because yes. he's like, "Well, even though I don't have superpowers, and there's literally not a fucking thing I can do." He saves a man. Just, yeah, he barely. Saves a dude. He well, that I mean, that's one guy. But some some dude really, got snagged on a skelefinger, all King Kong style. Yeah. All right. I guess he did okay. But then he falls out of the building, or at least. He fall. He almost plummets to his death, and Ankh is hovers there, and he knows like, but where's the detective? And Ankh, I believe, says, oh, bu- 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 bu. like there's no. Don't even worry we- about it. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of time this- to have this conversation no, while falling like, like, like ten stories. Are, are you are you sure this is what you want to talk about? But he still gets a promise out of Ankh before he's willing to actually transform. Yes, while while they are plummeting to their possible death. Yes. Uh, and now Hino gets to transform whenever he darn well pleases, or at least I, that is the bargain that is struck. Yeah. We shall see if that, if Ankh, uh, not, a, not the most trustworthy of arms, uh, mm. we'll see if Ankh uh, holds up that end of the bargain. Uh, Totoba! 
Boom. Tato ba. He transforms. Tato ba. Forgive, forgive my pronunciation. Okay. Uh, he transforms and he lands and he's, uh, he's ready he to go. He doesn't land. He uses his claws to slow his descent by sticking them into the wall. And then he does like a, like a sweet kick off of the building. It's and then he lands. Yeah. Perfectly. <laughs> so good. And Goto drives up on a motorcycle and he has a birthday present for O's. Yes. It's a sword uh, and some medals. It's a coin-operated sword and then points him to a motorcycle vending machine, which just just happens to be there. Uh, and then... Uh, and Eiji's like, gets I'm a- not thirsty. It's cool. Yeah. Shut <laughs> up. And then he transforms his own motorbike into another vending machine and dispenses. Yeah. There's so many a extra lot steps. Octopus no. cans, taco cans, like a and billion. Then, and then he transforms a billion octopi into yep. a ramp so that Ag can drive up. Yep. <laughs> while holding a, a sword on his motorcycle and gets now, to the top of the building. Dear listener, you may be asking yourself. Would it be possible if I were a young person in Japan at the at the time that the show was airing? Would I be able to purchase these cans that transform into things? And the answer is absolutely. Oh hell yes! Uh, that is the octopi are officially the first thing that I would buy from this show. I would absolutely want a uh, taco can. One hundred percent. Don't even don't even worry about it. Those things were cool as hell. And I'm going to take back what I said about the special effects being a little janky in this episode because the uh, the Taco Yaki Highway was fucking fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> it was delightful. I think they actually, I, I think you actually get a quick shot of it in the opening credits too. It's that good. Mm. Yes. Um, they fight. So yeah, he rides his motorcycle uh, up this ramp of, of octopi. Uh, to the top of the building where the where the yummy is and uh, fights it sort of but kind of sucks. Ankh yells at him and throws him a coin. Yeah. Uh, well, he makes some medals come out and Ankh like slurps them up as they fall. <laughs> because he's way more he's way more concerned about that than than yes. it was his safety. Um, he did not take Hino's advice. Uh, don't prioritize medals over people's lives, which I definitely <laughs> no. want on a needlepoint sampler. Uh, it's just it's just words to live by. I immediately imagined like an Atari twenty six hundred game from my childhood, where you're just a little eight bit arm flying around, <laughs> just sort of snatching yep. coins out of the sky. Back Very satisfying. Yeah. Yep. Um, he uh, so he gets a coin, and that makes him a little stronger. And then Hino's like, "All oh, right, I can put coins in my sword, and I have a sword." And uh, and he makes it sortier, I guess. Uh, and then he just he very satisfyingly just just tears that bug right in half. The best part is he does a slash, and the slash hits the building behind the bug too, and it looks like it's gonna like slide like slide in half, and then it just fixes itself. But the bug is hella blown up. Yeah. That is my favorite effect in the series. The full screen sideways slash and then sliding background elements. Like I was watching this time and you can actually see up inside the building room like they rendered that. And oh. so when the building <sighs> corrects itself, it just like really satisfyingly lines up again. Oh. Also, I Better. think last episode I mistakenly said uh, that the bata, um, the ba part of Tatoba. Uh, was Batakiri, which meant Mantis, but it's actually, I believe it means Grasshopper, because Mantis is the uh, Kamakiri in the middle. So, yeah. Sorry. Hmm. 
Yeah, we got a My lot bad. of letters, so we're we're sorry, everyone. We, I got gonna... so many emails, <laughs> so many. Um, yum 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 coins for our friend the arm, and oh, yeah. then uh, and then we throw to uh, Hina. Uh, power hats, as I call her. Uh, she gets a text uh, saying that her brother has to go live on a farm upstate yes. uh, with a lot of other detectives where he can run and skip and play. He's uh, and- undercover, and so oh, they yeah. can't really talk right now, but he's totally fine. Which, um, I mean, if shows- you were undercover, your, your job would totally call your sister and be like, hey, have you seen him? Yes. A- <laughs> Just to help oh, cover way- it up. Also, if you are that undercover officer, the first, absolute first thing you do, text your sister and show her exactly what you look like in your quote unquote disguise. Right. Don't worry, I'm undercover, but I look like this. And then hang out like, in areas that she'll commonly visit. <laughs> 62 she seconds like, later. Yeah. Pretty much immediately bumps into Ankh, sitting on some steps, eating an ice pop. Wearing a great outfit, I might add. Yes. Um, a very, like, uh, I was like, oh, he looks like he's in a Vampire Weekend video. I love everything about this guy. <laughs> um, yeah, I kind of found myself thinking, like, oh, that's a good cover. Then now, the next couple of episodes, you know, we're going to have to keep kind of building out the lie. You know, oh, your brother. No, I'm, I, I'm in a different, I'm in a different part of the country. Okay. Nope. Just like 62 goddamn seconds later, there he is just eating a popsicle and just thinking about, oh, he does say an important plot thing, I'm sure, coming up. So we learn more about the chairman, which is why does a human want coins, metals, whatever? Just, you know, usual, just hanging out, popsicle eating thoughts. And then Hina hugs the hell out of him and he is not happy about it. And AG sees this is like, oh, shit, and runs towards them and scene the end we did it that's uh, the episode. next week next week somebody eats ramen which i'm very excited about because i want to go eat ramen right now always just like in blade runner yes um a good episode i'm yeah. still i'm still very much enjoying this even though that bug was uh, a little dumb uh and there wasn't I didn't find this week to be as artful. I mean, I don't know if anything else in the series is going to top the happy birthday to you sequence from the Uh, pilot episode, mm. which I found to be like, oh, this is like genuinely artful. There weren't really any moments like that, but like the acting's real good. The emotional truth of the characters are real good. uh, And uh, people are sticking coins in each other's heads. It's fine. What do you two think? Like the the shot... uh of of the greed forest uh where where it cuts at the end of that but they like unfurl all the fabric in front of the lens i thought Mm. was excellent and again my favorite special effect is in this this episode so that that is bonus points but overall it's like a pretty good introductory episode yeah yeah i loved like all the kogami stuff in this episode was so good he's just so so enthusiastic about everything and it's like he loves babies uh, it really splits the difference between like hilarious and sinister in this really interesting way yeah and i can't i still can't necessarily tell like there is i can't tell if he is a bad guy or a good guy if that makes sense like uh, there's a lot pointing to him being a bad guy he wears a red suit He's a billionaire. He stands atop a huge building and he eats cake while things fall apart around him. 
but I'm still not entirely sure what his agenda is. And then there's a little part of me that wonders if it's like a joker, just like, you know, some people just want to watch it all burn. I don't know. know. Like, yeah, he has a special police force all in his own and he blew up a museum. But his it was museum. his museum. Yeah. And he, I mean, on the one hand, he's like super excited that the greed are back. But on the other hand, he's giving O's presents to help him destroy them. So, yeah. All right. Stuff. Yeah. Thank you all for listening. I'm Coriander yeah. Dickinson. You can find me on Twitter at Absalar. I'm Josh Kagan, and you can find me at Josh A. Kagan, Kagan with a C, on Instagram. I'm Adam Wasserman. You can find me on Twitter at Gold Sarcasmium and on Mastodon at Gold Sarcasmium dot Mastodon dot social, I think. Yeah, don't worry about it. I haven't been posting it anymore. <laughs> This week's episode. This week's episode brought to you by Mastodon. Unfortunately, that's our, I think we just lost him as a sponsor. Yeah, I think we just lost him as a sponsor. Oh well. Uh, yay, we did it. Yay. Yay. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>